For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Well, I'm glad I didn't have to push uh, Brother Hickson down to get to preach again. But I well, did talk to my father-in-law before, uh, before I, uh, we came tonight. And he said that if I did fall on my face, that he had my back. So being a preacher, he could probably do that. I'm sure he could. And he would get up here and do a wonderful job. Uh, today, uh, I want to talk about Psalm chapter 1. In Psalm chapter 1, we're going to talk about weighing our options. This will be the main focus of our lesson. We have so many choices in life. We can choose if we want to go to Kroger or if we want to go to Walmart. We can weigh those options. We can say, well, I want to go to Walmart because it has all these things in one. Or I can go to Kroger because all I need is just groceries and I can get in and out pretty quickly. And you may have found a job sometime, and when you were looking for that job, and you had maybe some options. You said, well, I could go take this job and get less pay, but have better benefits. Or I could take this job that has more pay, but not as many benefits. We have options. And the same as it is for our Christian life. We still have options. Let's look at Psalm. Psalm 1. And we'll cover the entire psalm tonight. There are two people mentioned here in this psalm. We have the blessed man and the ungodly man. And we get to choose which one we decide uh, that we're going to be. Let's look at the blessed man. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Let's look at this first verse. Blessed is the man. This word blessed, we might be able to translate that happy. I know some versions do. So happy is the man, blessed is the man. Well, blessed is the man, what? That walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. The blessed man is not going to take advice from ungodly people. He's not going to look to the ungodly to say, well, what should I do today? What should I do in this situation? He's not going to look for that advice. Happy is the man that does not look to advice from those who are ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of sinners. This word standeth might even be translated abide. To live. Abide in the way of sinners. So the blessed man is not only, he's not going to ask counsel of the ungodly, but he's not even going to walk in this, this way, stand in the way of the sinners. Nor is he going to sit in the seat of the scornful? Scornful here might be translated, uh, and, and from its original form, uh, means to make mouths at. To make mouths at. To mock. To be a mocker. The blessed man is, is not going to be in this way. He is not going to sit with a scornful. He's not going to poke fun at those who are doing right. 
as the scornful would do. He's going to be right there walking righteously. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. We have three words here that indicate a progression. The first word, walketh. The second word, standeth. And the third, sitteth. Do we see a progression here? This progression, I like to think of it as a progression that some people see in sin. They'll start by walking, and then they get a little bit, comfortable, a little bit more comfortable, and they, they stand to take in what's around them, and then finally they decide that they're just going to have a seat. Reminds me of a story I heard once of a man who was walking down, and you can name any street that you want, a street that had all sorts of lewdness on its buildings, posters of immodest women, and whatever, whatever else that you might be able to think of. It was there. It was such a bad road, and he would walk that road to go to work. And on his way home one day, he stops and he takes a look at this poster of this modest woman. And he's walking, and that, that first day, and he walks rather slowly past it, taking, taking a look at this uh, improperly dressed woman. And then, the next day, he's coming home from work, and he walks down this road, and he walks a little bit slower today to take it in, and while he's standing there, it's, he stops to stand in front of this poster just to look, to take it all in, spend a little bit more time. Well, the next day, you know what he does? is he goes down that road, he walks very slowly, comes to that poster, stands in front of it, and then decides to take a little seat on the bench in front of it. He's getting a little more comfortable, and the next thing you know, maybe he's walking into this place that has uh, this sign in front of it. But see, there's a progression. We're not comfortable in the beginning with just walking straight into a place. We have this progression that we do. And the, the blessed man here is noticing these ways and is not doing them. He's not going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He's not going to stand in the way of the sinners. And he is definitely not going to sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, verse 2, is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. This verse reminds me of a, of a story I heard of a, from a, a man that I'm, I'm very, uh, very much acquainted with. And he got married several years ago and was in the Navy. And during his marriage... Uh, he has such a wonderful wife, she would write letters to him every day. Every day she would sit down and write a letter and mail it to him. And so every day this man would come uh, and he would he'd find a letter waiting for him. And, and so he would take that letter and he would, he would go back to his room. And these happened every day and so he decided that he would make a, a shelf for them and stick them all on the shelf. You know, he was so busy he would he would decide that he would read those later. Well, that, that didn't happen. He took that letter every day, and he opened it up. He ran to his room, and he would read that. And oftentimes, he would pour over that letter again. 
He didn't put it on a shelf. He read it every day. And every letter that came in, he read it with the same care as he did the other letter. And every day he would appreciate those letters more and more. And why did he do that? Because he loved his wife. If we love God, we're going to be like this blessed man and we are going to study his word. You're not going to have to force us to. You're not going to have to make someone sit down and say, well, you know, you are going to go to Bible class today. And then afterward, you're going to have to go to Bible Bowl or you're going to have to go home and study your Bible on this matter and we're going to make you study. If you love God, you're going to be doing that. The blessed man did that. He meditated on his law. Day and night. This reminds me of James chapter 1 and verse 25. Of the man who is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. He's not going to be just this person who hears the word and just lets it go in one ear and out the other. He's going to constantly be thinking about it. And he's going to do it. He's not just going to listen. He is going to put that into action. There are some preachers out there uh, that would say that we need to preach on just grace and love. You know what the blessed man would say about this? Well, love is not just uh, this warm feeling in your heart. The blessed man would tell you that by meditating on the law, you would know the answer. Because in 1 John 5, 3, it says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. The blessed man would know this because he studies his, his word. If we are going to be like this blessed man, we're going to have to do the same. In verse 3, it says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. If this one word here uh, confuses you like it did me, I didn't understand what, what this word by meant here. This, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Was it next to, or was it planted by the rivers? Did the water take it to somewhere? Like it does in some cases. Uh, but this literally means next to. Planted by the rivers of water. And what would happen to a tree planted next to the river? What well, would flourish? A tree planted next to the river would be very lush. And if you've ever gone hiking, the closer you get to the river, what, what do you see? Greener trees. Trees that are healthy. Brush even, showing how fertile the soil is. And if we are going to be the blessed man, we're going to be like a tree that is flourishing. That is taking in all that it can to survive, to live, which would be for us the word of God. And we are going to bring forth fruit. It's going to be good fruit. And it's going to be in season. And you know what? It's going to be sweet fruit.
when we do what the Word of God says and follow it, not just, not just listen, but actually doing it, we're going to be this blessed man. And then here we have the contrast. The contrast is that maybe some people don't like to talk about. We want to talk about things that are happy. We want to talk about things that are good. But what about this, this scripture here? It says, the, next very, the very next phrase, the ungodly are not so. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Have you ever seen someone winnowing chaff? Or wheat, rather? A winnowing process is where you take the wheat up and you throw it in the air, and, and after it's been threshed out on the floor, uh, or in different, different ways they do it today, but you throw the wheat up and the chaff blows away in the wind. And then the wheat comes and sells back down. You can take the wheat. Well, when the chaff is blown away, you can see that it's very light. doesn't have any substance to it at all. And furthermore, the reason that that process is done is because chaff has no value to us. We don't make things from chaff. Chaff is to be burned. It just drives away in the wind. We don't care about chaff. Isn't it sad that this ungodly man is, is compared to chaff? Whereas the godly man, what was he compared to? He was compared to a, a tree planted by the river. A nice, wonderful, lush tree. And here we have the contrast of this ungodly man. Verse 5, Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. We understand this. We understand that, that the righteous uh, are not going to take in the sinners. We, we should understand that. Um, and the ungodly, we, we know, is not, are not going to stand in the, in the judgment. It's just not possible. We have read too many scriptures that say otherwise. Can we sin and get away with it all the time? No, no, we can't sin and get away with it any time. For the wages of sin is what? Is death. The wages of sin is death. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. He's not going to be able to stand up before God and be righteous. He's going to be cowering, as in Revelation 6 and verse 16, where these people are crying out for someone to let the rocks fall on them and hide them in the caves so that the wrath of the Lamb will not find them. That's what this ungodly man is going to be doing. He's going to be one of those calling out to hide from God. Look at this last phrase here. Nor, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Sinners are not supposed to stand in the congregation of the righteous. But does this have any modern day application for us? Does this have any application from the New Testament? 
Well, of course it does. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, we see uh, a process that we call withdrawal of fellowship. It's not something that we like to do. It's something that we must do in order to show love. It's not, a, it's not punishment. It's the last resort of a loving Christian. In, I believe it's verse 6 of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, it talks about leaven and how these people are like leaven in, in their midst. And that's exactly why we must withdraw from certain people because we can't let them corrupt us. We can't be like those Corinthian brethren and glory in having sinners in among them. We need to be righteous. And we need to encourage others to be righteous. And that's exactly what we do when we withdraw from someone. And this last verse says, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Well, what's the way of the ungodly? Well, I think we could tackle this verse in, in a New Testament passage if we turn over also to... First uh, Corinthians chapter six. If you look at First Corinthians chapter six and start in verse nine, it says, "Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners." shall inherit the kingdom of God. And I'm just going to take a minute here because I can say this right now without being arrested. Homosexuals are not going to heaven. You find that in the Bible. You show me where it is that they can and I will believe it. But this passage right here tells me that they cannot. And why aren't we out there trying to save them? We need to save them. We need to save all that we can. Verse 11, after we've named all these things right here, verse 11 brings it all together. And such were some of you. Look at this passage, and I can tell from this one passage that I, as a Christian, I am not a sinner. I cannot be a sinner and a Christian. Because here he is talking to Christians and he says what to these Christians? And such were some of you. I cannot continue in sin and call myself a Christian. I must be righteous. So looking at Psalm 1 and verse 6, we see that for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. There may be those here tonight that have weighed their options as we've read tonight. And some say, well, I'm so happy that I fit the verses 1 through 3 I am so blessed, and I'm happy for you. 
I am happy for you because I consider myself a blessed man. But there may be those here that recognize themselves as the ungodly. And if it is that you have continued in such sin, you're in need of repentance. And so when the invitation is given, I encourage you to come forward to make it right so that we can all go forward in this and be happy that we're Christians. It may be that you don't really understand what it is to be a Christian. Maybe you haven't been baptized for the mission of your sins. Well, if that's the case, let me go over a few simple, simple uh, verses that we can apply. First thing that we must do is believe. And John 3.16 says that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. And then after you believe, you must repent. Luke 13.3 says, I tell thee nay, tell ye nay, unless you repent you shall all likewise perish. The same is in verse 5. You must confess, Romans 10 and verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We must believe, we must repent, we must confess, we must be baptized, 1 Peter 3.21, the like figure whereunto now baptism doth also now save us. And finally, we must not continue in sin. We must, and I repeat, must live faithfully. Revelation 2 and verse 10, if we are faithful unto death, we shall receive a crown of life. If it is that you need to become a Christian today, then please do not hesitate. If it is that you realize that you're in sin and that you cannot be a Christian and continue in sin, please do not hold on to that pew. But all who this invitation applies to, please come as we stand and as we sing.